Your Money, a conversational podcast about personal financial topics aimed at improving conversations about money in your marriage so you can reach your dreams together. This is a weekly discussion brought to you by a seemingly financially incompatible couple bonded by the legal contract of marriage. My name is David, your favorite saver. And today, in addition to Heather, I have the honor of being joined by Katie Jones from Agape Investing. Thank you so much for joining us today, Katie. Thanks so much for having me, guys. We, we have a great show planned for everyone today. Um, today, we're going to be talking about biblical financial wisdom. Yeah, so Katie is another individual that I have found on the on the gram, as we say, on the social. <laughs> um, so Katie leads a faith-based financial coaching business called Agape Investing. And I've really loved her media posts um, because it really talks about pulling in like what the Bible says and what God has to say about money and how we should handle our finances, which so today is going to be a little bit of a different podcast than what we've historically done. Um, but we're still new. We're still bending our way. <laughs> right, right. Every, every podcast no, is different. There's no so, wrong way to podcast. That's right. There's no <laughs> wrong way to podcast. So I'm super excited today to really kind of dig in and kind of hear a little bit more on the spiritual side and what, what the Bible has to say about money and finances. So um, before we jump into that awesome topic, Katie, um, why don't you introduce yourself to our audience and tell them a little bit about who you are, um, you know, where do you live, what do you do, um, how, your family, et cetera. Yeah. Awesome. Well, again, thanks so much for having me. I am really excited to just get to chat about this conversation. Obviously, it's one of my favorite topics. So whenever I have the chance to talk about it, I just get so excited. You know, I got up early for you guys. That's how excited I am. We appreciate so, it. I awesome. know. We're on the other side of the world. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad to be here. Um, but yeah, like you said, I am Katie Jones. I am a faith-based money coach and I currently live out of Denver, Colorado, which is where my husband and I met. We went to Colorado Christian University and met in our last year of college or senior year and dated for a while and then got married. Um, and that's kind of why I ended up staying out here in Colorado. I'm actually from the Midwest myself. I think you guys mentioned that you are from the Midwest. I'm from Chicagoland area. So I am a Midwesterner at heart still. I actually, besides coaching, I work in real estate. So I have done a few different things in real estate. I, I started in property management. I worked for Redfin for a couple of years just as a showing agent. And now I actually partner with a, a pastor at our church who is also in real estate. And we kind of team up and, and help families find houses. I also invest in real estate myself. We have a couple rentals, but uh, my passion is here in the coaching world. I, I specifically help young professionals um, understand finances and especially from a biblical perspective, you know, answering that question, how can we bring our faith into our financial decisions? Awesome. Awesome. And we're excited to get into to talking to you more about that. When a little bit of background, though, about first about you and, and your husband, could you explain a little bit about how you have your finances set up as a couple? One of the common questions that we ask a lot of our guests are, are your finances separate? 
separate? Are they combined? Do you take a hybrid approach? I think it's just interesting to see the different approaches that couples take and different decisions they make and, and why they might make those decisions. Yeah. So we, at the time of this recording, our third anniversary is coming up next month. So oh, we got married now. Yeah. It's super exciting. It feels like it feels longer, but it also feels like it was yesterday that we got married. Um, but we, we've been very blessed that from, even from when we were dating. So we've been, we dated for about three years or so before, um, we got married. And even while we were dating, we were somewhat on the same page as far as just generally how we used our money. Both of us were relatively frugal, um, which was, I think, pretty helpful as far as just like, you know, we didn't want to go out on super expensive dates or things like that. And so we... <laughs> you can learn something from that. <laughs> I'm, I'm sensing a different, you know, <laughs> I, I think we get along very well. <laughs> She's not inviting you into there. Oh, okay. <laughs> They're dating yes. life. We, yeah, so we were pretty frugal, um, pretty, you know, generally wise with the way that we spent our money and that we do spend our money. Obviously, we've had our differences, but <clears throat> as far as just setting up finances, we kind of had this idea or just, you know, the philosophy that we would combine our finances from the start. So we basically, that first like month of marriage felt like, just paperwork. I mean, you know, for me, I was going through the name changes and then we didn't want to do anything until my name and everything was legally changed. So that way we didn't have to go through all the bank accounts and accounts in general and change my name through everything. So it was just that setting up of changing my name, doing all that, and then going through and creating bank accounts and combining everything and closing out old ones, you know, like both of us still had like college accounts that our parents were a part of. And we're like, okay, bye parents like, <laughs> yes. and, and everything like that. And it was, it was a process, but um, we, yeah, we kind of just always had the idea that we would combine everything. And there was really no hesitation on either of our ends. Like there was, I think, again, that was just like a huge blessing on our part that neither of us was like, mm, I don't know about this. And so we kind of just joined everything from the beginning and then kind of started budgeting or attempting Mm -hmm. to, when we first started, when we were first married, we were just kind of, you know, I'm doing quotes in the air right now, just like we budgeted (laughs) and it was very rough because we just kind of knew that we should get things together with our money. We had always, we had been um, kind of, we did premarital counseling with another couple that's like a mentor couple of ours. And and they always told us, you know, the two things that break marriages up are money and sex. And we're like, well, we'll we'll try and figure out the money part for sure right away. And so we, yeah, we just, we tried very much and obviously we, we, we got somewhere with it, but in the beginning, the first year was just a lot of trial and error, um, which yes. is oh, a lot of yes. marriage I, is. <laughs> and, and that was our experience as well. And we, we combined finances and there's a lot of advantages to combining finances, but there's also, it makes you face a lot of that friction early on that maybe you don't want to face or <laughs> wouldn't have faced otherwise. And so as painful as that was for us, 
I think it was the right decision for us because it it also forced us to work through a lot of those issues early on that we probably wouldn't have worked through otherwise. But it's definitely a journey. <laughs> well, thanks so much for sharing a little bit about you and your your husband's um, you know background with finances. It sounds like you guys have been fairly aligned and on the same page and figuring out and working through it together. So that's, that's awesome. That's awesome to hear. So how about, why don't you share a little bit about your coaching business and um, your ministry and how it came about, how it started, why you started it. Um, Yeah. Share a little bit about the background. Yeah. So I started my blog almost three years ago now, which is kind of crazy to me that it's been so long. I am, I also kind of always have to pinch myself of like, is this really my life? Do I, am I, am I really a blogger? Yeah. When, when I first started blogging, I, it was out of a, almost like in a sense, a necessity for me, mostly because at that time, three years ago, um, it was actually right after my husband and I got married. It was, we got married in June. And then in September, we bought our first rental property, which was one of the funny, like, first ways to start our marriage. You know, I, the, the, where uh, the place that we differ when it comes to our finances is kind of like risk tolerance. My husband has kind of come around to it, but I was definitely the person who was like, you know, like, let's invest our money. Let's go buy rental properties. Let's do a little bit more with it and, and see what we can do. And so at the time we bought our first rental property and I was really kind of struggling. I'm, I'm very self-taught when it comes to investing and when it comes to finances and everything. And so I learned everything from blog posts, from podcasts, from just reading books. And one of the things that I struggled with the most was just coming across many people who were teaching these things who basically their end goal was just like more, more, more. Like, I just want more money. How can mm-hmm. I max out my returns? All these things, which obviously we were getting into investing to max, you know, to like get returns in general, but just being Christians, we kind of knew that there was more to our finances, to our investing. There was, there was a greater purpose than just earning money. And so I kind of struggled with that from, a, from the get-go of just like, how can I reconcile this with my faith? And so I was just looking for other bloggers out there who were talking about faith and real estate and investing. And I just wasn't really finding anyone. So my husband was the one who encouraged me and he's like, well, why don't you start a blog? And I was like, no, I'm not a (laughs) blogger. Like crazy talk. And and yeah, just as the Lord would have it, I, I couldn't stop thinking about that then. So he had mentioned it around the time that we bought our first rental property in September and in October, late October, I finally started a blog because I was just like, maybe let's just figure this out. I'll, I'll see what I can do. So I was just teaching about like investing and faith and money and things like that. And I kept finding that a lot of people were coming to me asking for more. They were asking questions like, Hey, I would love to get into real estate investing one day, but like I have you know, I have all this other stuff going on with my finances. I have a lot of debt. I'm not in control of my finances. How can I get to a point where I can invest in real estate? And I was like, okay, great. Like I can start writing more on topics like that, just like budgeting and just money management things along those lines, more basics. And so as I would have it, like, um, it's about, it was about a year ago. So it was about 
you know, two years into my blogging journey, someone, a couple people actually around the same time, it was right at the beginning of the pandemic, a couple of people reached out to me and said, Hey, do you offer any like one-on-one coaching? Do you have any like, like next level education, like courses or anything? And I'm like, well, no, I don't really have much of that, but I could figure it out. Like I wanted my, my goal was just now at this point to help and to serve people and to educate them even more. So I said, yes, like I was like, I'll figure this out. So, you know, now fast forward a year from then I am coaching. I kind of shifted from the one-on-one model to doing more of a group coaching style. Um, and I love it. I love it so much. It's been such a blessing to get to help people in this way. And that's kind of how I got to actually becoming a money coach, which again, was something I never would have thought I would be. And I never thought I'd be a blogger, but here we are. (laughs) That's such a cool story. Just about how taking what I, what I was hearing was just taking that, that initial first step and seeing where it, where it leads you. And then taking that next step and then something else develops and you're like, Oh, okay, now I need to go this way. And, but, but it's all about starting and, and that's really cool to see um, how it's developed from there. Yeah. I think it, I think it's also great how you listened to your audience and Mm -hmm. and delivered what they were asking for, or even your husband, like this wasn't just you coming up. It was like people seeing this in you and that you had something to give and to do. And I also love the idea of the coaching in groups. It kind of reminds me of like how the church is supposed to work, like with small groups and how we really learn in communities like that. And iron sharpens iron. And, and it just is like, I think that's a really neat way to think about it. And often I know it's probably not normal, especially with finances being so private and personal, but I think that that's awesome. And a lot of a very different, unique approach on how you can help people and help more people that way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was a little nervous to do the group model, but it actually, it's been, I've seen greater, um, transformation when people kind of get together and they're working on a common goal. So what would you say are some of the key differences between your approach and taking a biblical approach than more of a traditional financial coaching approach? Like what, what are the specific things that you would say are, are distinctly different and how does that impact the, the coaching or the teaching? Totally. So I, I kind of know that, this, the key to success in pretty much anything is Jesus. Um, and so I decided that from, you know, from an early standpoint, when, with my blog and everything, I was going to try to bring in the conversation of how do I, how do I bring Jesus more into what I'm doing in my day-to-day life? Because really being a Christian means more than just like going to church and reading your Bible and things like that. While those things are like extremely important to a thriving relationship as a Christian um, with Jesus Christ it's also about just becoming more like him, more like Christ in everything that we do. And so that's really the approach of my coaching is how can we be like Jesus in the way that we manage our money? And so I, I very much have developed a program that starts with that foundation, like how, what does the Bible say first off about money? There's actually, there's over 2,300 Bible verses that, that discuss money or wealth finance. It's so crazy when you say, I mean, I always knew that was said a lot, but to quantify it like that and put a number to it is amazing. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it's like 11 out of the 39 parables are about money. Jesus talked about it so much. It was the second most discussed topic while he was here on earth. As far as like, you know, when he would say parables, when he would give examples, he would usually use money. Um, And it's just so cool because money is so prevalent throughout the Bible, yet the church doesn't typically teach on the topic. Mm -hmm. They teach tithing and just not to love your money. They, they're, you know, like, don't love your money, but that leaves the rest of us thinking like, what, what else do we do with it? And so it's left this hole, this gap in the church as far as wealth and finances go, because many people have decent salaries, but yet have no idea what to do with their money in a way that aligns with the gospel that aligns with their faith. And so People, most Christians that I talk to tend to separate those two things. They say, well, the church just doesn't tell me what to do with my money. So therefore faith is just, just not related. They, they don't go together. Whereas that's, that's not the truth. And, and God wants us to bring our faith into everything. There's nothing that is untouched by the gospel. And so my goal is to really bring that conversation to life to really have those tough conversations that have never really been had before. And so, yeah, I mean, and, and a lot of it is, is practical, you know, like we, we talk about budgeting and Mm -hmm. paying off debt and saving money, Mm -hmm. um, all these things, but we teach about it or I teach about it from a, a standpoint of like, what does the Bible really say? And, and how can we really approach this in a way that aligns with our faith? Yeah, I think it's really interesting because I, I think you, you brought up a lot of good points that people people often do separate their finances from God. It's like, here's my faith and here's what I learned in the church and then here's my finances. And they don't really, you know, think that they're related, even though, like you said, the Bible uh, aside says- Aside from the tithing component. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, it's yeah. like, other than that, that's all I can learn. And, you know, people don't look to the Bible. They look to financial experts about what to do with their money. And, you know, David and I honestly have had some kind of negative experiences with a church that really didn't manage their money well. And it was like, you're not even as the church acting on what the Bible says and how to act. Right. And so, you know, what maybe you could speak to, you know, a, a few things that you found are kind of the most important about what the Bible has to say about money and what you've learned and tried to help um, you know, bring that together. Totally. Um, one of the, honestly, one of the easiest ways to answer that question is, is just looking at specific verses about just like how to do anything, um, which is just to say that, that Jesus, that God wants us to pursue everything with excellence. You know, Colossians three twenty three says, work at it with all of your heart as if working for the Lord and not man. And the way that I honestly kind of pose the question is if God were your manager, like if you were running a company and God were your manager, your boss, and you were given a big project and a big budget to do something with, what would you do with that money as, as a standpoint of just being a manager over this money and you wanting to kind of please and to do well for your boss? That's really the approach that I take it is just like, how can we be really good money managers? And God is kind of like the CEO, the boss of of our finances. And he's the one that gives us all of our money. He blesses us with these, these riches and these wealth, even just the the ability to produce wealth is it all comes from him. And so we then kind of take it from an approach of like, 
I just want to thank you, Lord. I want to manage this well because you're the one who's given it to me. And so I want to use it in a way that is glorifying and honoring to you, but also is good for other people. So, you know, again, it doesn't mean necessarily just giving and tithing your money. And again, that's awesome. And I like whenever people are called to do that, I'm super on board. But it also means just like being excellent at managing it well, like providing for your family. There's a, there's a verse in Proverbs that basically says like, if you don't provide for your family, you are not doing it right. Um, and, and that that's so true. It's like provide for your family, provide for others, um, just, you know, budget, save money, but it really always comes down to this idea of excellence, excellence in, in everything that we do. And really that's, that's like the root of a lot of what the gospel is saying is just like, be really excellent at, at your work, at your, at your marriage, at your relationships mm-hmm. as, you know, wh- whatever you're doing, work at it as if working for the Lord and not for man, you know, run the race as if to get the prize. Um, and, yeah, so we we really take it from that approach as just far as like what what does excellent money management look like and how can we steward the resources that God has blessed us with in a way that honors and glorifies him. So, you know, not just like f- spending it on crazy things all the time right. and buying a really fancy Lamborghini and and going into tons <laughs> of debt for that. Like exactly. sure that might look really cool, but you know, now you have like tons of debt and now you, you know, like, what does that say about like who you think you are and, mm-hmm. and just things like that, just thinking critically about the way that we're using our money. And, and it, it really just kind of comes down to that again and again, like, how can we be excellent? How can we really think about the way we're spending it? Does this really align with our values? You know, I, my method of budgeting is just called value-based budgeting, you know, figuring out the top few things that you value mm. most in life for Christians, that's typically faith and family. And then there's usually a few other things in there. So how can we align a budget that, that really focuses on those things that focuses on your family, that focuses on your friends and your relationships and just making sure that that all kind of comes together. Yeah. I, I really, I, I liked what you said about, about excellence a lot, because I feel like that's something that's often missed when we talk about um, managing managing finances and really being managing our lives is striving for that excellence. So if we're if we're doing our best at our job and growing our company or in your your case, um, yeah, growing your personal company, growing helping and, and mm-hmm. serving others through helping them find homes, you're you're helping other people through that. You're not just helping yourself when you're doing excellent work. And totally. yes, you you might be benefited from it. You might make a little bit more money, but that's not the only thing that's happening. You're helping others through doing that. And we can help others in our jobs in ways that we can't help others outside of our jobs. And so we we can really be yes. servants and we can serve others in ways that we couldn't otherwise um, just on our own. So there's certainly, I think you're completely right. Being, being excellent in our jobs is a great way to bring honor to God as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, oh, oh yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to give up the example of the Proverbs 31 woman, the noble woman, the wife of noble character. Um, she, one of the cool things about her is that she is an entrepreneur. She actually invests in real estate and things like that. And they go on in this verse or in this chapter in Proverbs 31 to talk about basically how excellent she is and 
how that then trickles through or flows through the rest of her lives. Mm-hmm. Like, so she, she's able to clothe her family in um, fine linens. She's able to yes. provide for the needy. She's able to, and it's like, it goes on to tell you all of these things that she can do because she does her work with excellence. That, and it says that she sees that her, um, her dealings are fruitful or that they're profitable and things like that. And it's like, yeah, like once you, when you can do these things when you can manage your money, well, like how much more, like, how, yeah, how much more could you do like for the church, for your yeah. family, for your neighbors, right. for the poor, for the needy, how much more could you just do? And I mean, that's such a, a cool question is like, what if, the church were like the church body was equipped with these excellent money management skills from a younger age. Like what would that do for families, for marriages, for the church, for all these things? It's, it's such a cool like concept. It is. It is. It raises everyone up. Yes. Right. Uh, So as, as you've been coaching groups and individuals and having these, these conversations on your blog with people and within your community, what do you, have you seen is the, one of the most common challenges that uh, that people are facing or or that couples are facing in relation yeah. to their personal finances. Yeah, I think it, it it is just continuing to reconcile their faith with their finances. Many many of the people that I've coached have actually tried other courses or educational routes before. Like they've they've read books. They've taken Financial Peace University, they've done all these things, um, but continue, like, you know, the, the people I work with tend to be very strong in their faith, you know, like really want to align their lives with what the Bible says. And it's really tough as Christians to do that with money, because again, yeah. like money is just not talked about. And so right. it's it's almost like, it's almost like in certain circles, it's almost as bad as like talking about sex in church, yes, you know, like right. that's like an uncomfortable topic. Right. And, and so many people don't want to talk about money either. And so when they hear someone who, you know, is a strong Christian myself and, and they're like, wow, this person is talking about money in a way that's not scary. That's not like uncomfortable. And it's not just tithing. Like they're not just yes. telling me to just tithe. And I think a lot of people are really curious about that because again, like we just haven't had these conversations. I never had these conversations. Right. You know, most of the stuff that I've learned has been just through reading the Bible more and more and also just scouring the internet and reading other books. There's actually quite a few books on money um, from a faith-based perspective, but again, like just not talked about. Like I had to search for these things yeah, really it's not to really find them. Yet. And I'm like, oh, they exist. But yeah. I think that that's been one of the biggest challenges is just kind of getting to a level where they're like, oh, these things really do go together and we're they're, they're supposed to go together. And then and then really going into that. Deeper. Yeah. One of the things that I think I've I've heard a few times from from Christians is around how how money is the root of all evil. And they, they like to leave off. It's really, it's the love of money. That's the root Got of all it. evil. And so we, but, but people can be very selective in what they hear or, totally. or what they remember. And um, yeah, if you, if you are obsessed and and make anything your idol or anything, your God, that's, that's bad. So the, the love of food is, it could, could be the root of all evil for you or the love of, your house or whatever it might be. Um, wow. But 
but yes, yeah, money in itself is not evil. <laughs> and I think it's interesting, you know, we, we've talked a lot on this podcast and part of the reason we're doing this podcast is to get people talking about it because you often hear it, like nobody talks about it, right? Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is you said, like, you started this conversation saying the Bible has thousands of verses on money and yes. a third or fourth of the parables. Of Jesus. It's like, we're supposed to be like Jesus. And what was Jesus doing? He's talking about money. So it's like, why, about why do, where did we get this idea that it's such a, you know, topic that we shouldn't talk about? Like, it'd be really interesting <laughs> to trace it back to where did that stop? Because it wasn't from Jesus, you know? I mean, he wasn't maybe talking about, Hey, how much money do you make? But I mean, he was like, Hey, this is real. We need to talk about it. We need to, it needs to be part of a discussion. Right. Totally. Um. So when you, have seen encountered um, conflict in your coaching. I don't know if it's, you know, it's just like we said, money is in everything. It's in decisions. It's people don't all, aren't always seeing eye to eye. So often there's conflict um, in couples or just in life. You know, do you have some key verses that you share to help smooth or how do you, um, you know, help engage on how to resolve the conflict or have people to kind of get to the heart of, you know, what's the issue or how do you counsel people where, Hey, this is, this money issue is causing disruption in my marriage or it's causing me conflict with my family or, you know, wherever. Yeah. I, so with my group coaching program, we spend pretty much like it's, it's about like the first full month doing just mindset work, really trying to get like a lot of the people I do work with are either, um, single or they are newly married. And so they're kind of coming at this, like, Hey, you know, we want to work on this early. Um, cause again, like those are the, like money can really tear relationships, relationships up. And that's what you guys are here to do is like have these conversations for marriages. Mm-hmm. And we do, we, we kind of start from this like mindset of like, what does the Bible say? What are your mindsets that are keeping you from really like living in God's abundance. You know, there's so much promise of abundance throughout the Bible. And it really starts with, you know, abundance for for like from God, like God's true abundance really comes from going to him first, you know, having faith, trusting him first, um, drawing near to him. You know, he says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be given to you. And so there's, there's that first step is seeking the Lord and coming to him. And then the second step is really just taking inspired action from God to, to do what he says and to put it into action, to put it into play into your own lives. And so um, a lot of that can be just very practical, like, you know, like make a budget, you know, like God <laughs> wants you to plan out your, your money. Don't, you know, be wise and, and spend well. Um, but yeah, it's really, I, I always try to bring people like back to that foundation. You know, we set that foundation for the first month before we really even like kind of start to talk about budgeting and, and things like that, because it's so like, again, going back to just Jesus is, is ultimately the key to finding success in our finances. And when we can really draw near to him first, a lot of everything else kind of aligns, you know, when you become more intimate, you know, I, I also ask this question of like, how does Jesus want us to spend our money? Well, one of the ways that you can 
figure out how Jesus wants you to spend your money is to become more intimate with him. So here's a, here's a really good example that I love to use. And it's, it's of marriage. When you are married to someone, you are intimate, you know them really, really well. So if David were to come to you, Heather, and be like, Hey, go pick us up some dinner tonight. You wouldn't have to say, okay, how much money should I spend? Where do you want me to get it from? What, what exactly do you want to eat? You know, all these things, because you know him really well, you know, what restaurants he likes, you know, where he would, what he would want to eat from that restaurant. You kind of already know. Yeah. He would probably only want to spend $20 tonight for dinner. You know, you're, you're on the same page. Very true. And And so it's the same thing with Jesus. When we become more intimate with him, we start to understand, hey, maybe I probably shouldn't spend my money in this way because it seems a little frivolous right now. And it's really not aligning with my top values, my faith, my family, because this is this is more self-indulgent. And it's not to say that you can't ever like go have a spa day or buy a nice dress or get some new shoes or anything. You know, God also gives us wealth to enjoy. But it's just, again, kind of critically thinking about like, how are you spending your money? And does it really align with that? And so just kind of always coming back to Jesus when, when people are really having those tough conversations or just, they don't know what to do next. It's like, well, kind of, you know, the, what is it from the nineties? What would Jesus do? (laughs) (laughs) What would he do in this situation? And so it's, it sounds so comical, but it's so true. Like when we really come back to the foundation in our faith, really like all the puzzle pieces start to fit together. It all starts to align. And yeah, that's, that's really like how we get through those conflicts. I think that's really interesting. And it really aligns with what we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Cause we always say, you know, go back to your goals and your, yes. you know, and, and you just went the layer deeper behind that. It's like, where do your goals come from? You know, you as a couple are setting goals based on your shared values. And so you just kind of went the next level, like, what's the basis and foundation for those goals. So it's a really, I mean, that's very consistent with what we it usually. Is. It is. Yeah. No, I really, really appreciate really that approach. Like that. Well, um, you know, I, we've only been talking for about a half hour or so here. So I'm sure there's a lot that we haven't touched on that, <laughs> that, uh, that, that you handle with your, your clients and you've talked about on your blog but it, are are there any other final last bits of advice that you would have um, for couples, um, specifically those who are believers, to to be able to bring God into this part of their their relationship and uh, between each other, and then also with their finances? Totally. Any any last tips or or thoughts? Yeah, my so I I love this kind of philosophy of like approaching our finances. So there's a difference between kind of works-based wealth and grace-based wealth. So works-based wealth basically says you have to do X, Y, and Z, and then you will be rich. And it's like, okay, great. Like you can, you can do that. And you, you could follow that formula and you would become rich. Whereas grace-based wealth flips it on its head and says, we already have everything that we need to be fulfilled, to feel successful, to be happy, um, you know, to have wealth, to have riches. We have all of that through Jesus Christ. But because we have all of these things, we still practice good money management skills simply out of a response of worship towards him, towards the one who provides it to us. And so that that is like the root of why we are even 
wanting or desiring to manage our money well is really to come back and say thank you to the Lord, to honor him, to glorify him. And so when we approach our wealth that way, when we still follow these like excellent money management skills, again, that are rooted in the gospel, we will have, we will kind of feel successful and, and have wealth and feel fulfillment. Um, again, it comes through Christ, but having that wealth is kind of like the, the, you know, icing on top of the cake. It's like, oh, wow. Like I have a really high net worth now. And it's because I followed Jesus's steps that he has placed out for us um, in the gospels about our finances. And so, yeah. Yeah. I, I really love how you flip that on its head and yeah. it's starting with, we already have everything we need. Right. So it's not about accumulating more necessarily. It's about it, 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 it's about being appreciative for what we have and being good stewards with it. And that is such a, a refreshing approach. Yeah, I love it. And a lot of like what Jesus does is flip things on his yes. head, right? So yes. it's very consistent yes. with, you know. Right. Always very <laughs> unconventional. Exactly. Not what you would expect is right. how, how he operates. Or not how the world views it, right? Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Well, thank you so much, Katie, for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure having you with us. Um, and would, before you go, would you be so kind as to remind everybody where they could find you if they're interested in coaching, if they want to read your blog or, or follow any of your, your social media accounts? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I'm on Instagram. You can find me at Agape Investing. And Agape is spelled A-G-A-P-E. Um, and for those who don't know, agape is the it's the Greek Christian word for um, unconditional love that Christ gives to us. So there's a there's a few different ways to say love. Agape is just the unconditional form of it. Um, so agape investing is my Instagram, but my website is agape invests with an S at the end. And then I actually have um, an online community of you know, faith-based young professionals who are looking to kind of do these things, like to bring their faith into their finances. It's a free online community. Um, I can send you the link to that, but it's called Redeeming Your Finances. And yeah, it's, it's a really great place to kind of have these conversations. Awesome. And- we awesome. encourage everybody to go out and follow yeah. Katie. Yes. And- the links are in the show notes. So yes. go check that out. That's an easy way to get to it. Thank you again. We really enjoyed this. Yes. Well, I think that about wraps up our conversation for today. We would love to hear how your conversations about money have gone or to take your questions on a future episode. You can go ahead and email us at marriageandmoneypodcast at gmail.com or message us on Instagram at marriage.and.money. Thanks again for joining us this week. And remember that whether you're a spender or a saver, your best financial life lies somewhere in the